Well, babe, we did it. We wrote a book. Yeah, man, it's it's actually surreal to even think about uh, that we wrote a book, had a baby, got married, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> <laughs> but the book is now available yeah. for pre-order and we're so excited to share it with you. Oh, so looking forward to getting this book into your hands, to be in dialogue and conversation with all of you as we continue to liberate love from old imprints and codependent dynamics that keep us small, stuck, and stagnant. Yeah, you know, no matter your relationship status, this book walks you through what shaped you, why do you do what you do in relationship. It dives deep into your relationship blueprint, attachment styles, and most importantly, which is different than every other book that's ever covered codependency in the past, we explore the role of the nervous system in that. And the book is called Liberated Love. Yeah. Release your codependent patterns and create the love you desire. Go to createthelove.com slash liberated love to order your copy now. That's createthelove.com slash liberated love and get that pre-order in and you'll be able to get a free download of a meditation we created and a workbook that goes along with it. Much love and appreciation for your support. Much love. Thank you. There is no possible relationship you can have if you're afraid of not being liked. If it actually controls your behavior, you'll never have the full capacity of the relationships that you actually seek because love is not about being liked by everybody. It's about being connected to truth. Hi, my name is Mark Groves and I'm obsessed with understanding human behavior and why we do what we do. In this podcast, I interview the world's most brilliant minds and hearts where I get to explore alongside you every subject you can imagine relating to our human experience and how we relate. It is my deepest intention that we all learn how to create the life and love that we've always dreamt of. Now, before we get rolling, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. And one ask that I have, and an amazing way that you can help support the podcast is by wherever you listen to it, giving it a five-star review and a written review. With all that said, let's dive in and transform our lives. What's up to you? I have missed you. I haven't chatted with you on a solo episode where I give you an update on what's going on in my life. So man, there's been a lot. Um, I mean, first off, I've been wanting to set aside a, a specific episode to talk about one, Kylie and I got married and we did that in February and it was right after we I did a retreat in Sedona with some incredible humans. And then while we were there, we were saying to a friend of ours who is licensed to marry people in Arizona, we're like, yo, you free on Tuesday to marry us in the morning? So we got married in one of our favorite places. We love Sedona. I've spent, you know, I think I went for my first time there about three years ago, and I've spent almost a month every year there. And so we went with our friends. And, uh, we, we needed two witnesses. And so we called up two friends who live in Scottsdale, and we're like, yo, we need two witnesses. Will you come out tomorrow morning? Or maybe we gave them a couple days' notice. They came out. We drove to the courthouse in the morning together, just Kai and I, went, got the document, went to Thunder Mountain. We got married at the Medicine Wheel at the base of Thunder Mountain. Just us, our friend Anahata, who's been on the podcast a few times, and our friends Chad and Tanya witnessed it. It was pretty crazy. And you know, like my whole life, up until maybe five years ago, I always thought I'd have this like massive wedding or a big one and, you know, big party and all that kind of stuff. But it, it's just 
it's really fascinating to witness how what you want changes and what you desire changes and what matters to you changes and all that. And as much as I certainly wanted to celebrate our union with tons of people and we might still have some sort of party to do that, uh, it was really magical for it to be just this sacred process between Kylie and I, unscripted, unplanned, uh, beautifully uh, orchestrated or I guess conducted by Anahata. And yeah, it was really magical. Our vows just from the heart and man, we had a beautiful time. We finished up, we drove back to the courthouse, got it certified and and now we're married. So that was in February. And then we had our baby boy, Jasper is his name. We had him on March 15th and his due date was, I believe the 14th right now. I just can't remember all the stuff, but the, the labor began and we thought maybe by, you know, it began in the morning and we're like, ah, oh, maybe by this evening it'll, you know, the baby will have come, but man, 32 hours of labor. I got to have Kai on to talk about birth and all the things because it was one of the most powerful moments I've ever experienced in my life. 32 hours of labor, something like five and a half hours of pushing. Honestly, it was profound. And as I'm sure you've heard, if you listen to the podcast regularly, if you don't, hey, buckle up, let's do this. Everybody subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I interviewed um, my friend, Dr. Nathan Riley, and also I interviewed Ricky Lake. We talked about the business of birth control, but she also has a movie called The Business of Being Born. And my friend, Dr. Nathan Riley, we talked about the, he really believes in the restoration of what's sacred to birth, like bringing the sacred back, you know, removing the sort of cold of experience of the hospitals. And we did it at home, at um, Kai's sister's home. I think when people don't get to witness their partners, and I'm only going to be speaking from my experience and not shaming anyone who doesn't do a natural birth or home birth. I know there's many different things that go into those choices and whether we're even taught that that's an option. That's why the movie, the the documentary, The Business of Being Born is so great. So this is not, I'm not saying this is the right way to do it. I'm just saying it was a profound way to do it. In my experience, it was incredible. And if you haven't looked into home birth or, natural birth or whatever makes you feel comfortable, I would just learn more about it because in the training that we did up until the actual birth date, we worked with this group out of of midwives who are labor and delivery nurses in Vegas. And everything I learned, I mean, gosh, I was in awe, like shock the whole time just of how crazy and medicalized birth is when the research doesn't support so many interventions all the time. Certainly there are times for different interventions, but how quick we are to do C-sections, and I'm a C-section baby myself, um, but I was a you know an emergency required and my mother could have died, I could have died. So there's obviously beautiful things to medical intervention. But I thought, wow, isn't this bananas that we've taken this process of birth and we've basically had capitalism or business intervene and say, we're now going to charge you money for thousands of years of evolution has mastered. Again, remember, I'm speaking, there's exceptions to what I'm saying. There are special times when things need to be done. So all the caveats, just insert them. And I just thought like, after I witnessed Kai give birth, 
during it, what was initiatory for me or a transformational experience for me was that we were about 15 hours in and I'm like, holy shit, this chick is a badass. And I've always thought that about her, but I was just like bowing, you know. And I remember thinking to myself, I know this ends at some point, but I don't know how it ends. And so like being in that mystery was uh, the painful unknown of like, was he going to be okay? Was she going to be okay? And I didn't even know he was a he at that point. And the other part is witnessing my partner experiencing pain and not being able to do anything about it other than be there with her, cheer her on, hold space with her. So for me as uh, a witness and someone supporting, and there were many incredible humans supporting, uh, it does take a village. It was profound, as I've said, to use that word. That word doesn't even do it justice to watch my partner birth our son. And I was I was instructed to catch him. And, you know, it was really fascinating. It was crazy. You know, there's a push and his head pops out. <laughs> I'm looking at his head's like, boop, you know, hanging out. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's a fucking head. Like, this is wild. And then actually not many pushes later, the whole body comes out and uh, we hold him in the first breath. And it's just incredible. And I wanted to speak to a few things that were my experience as a father, which might be different. I would imagine are significantly different than an experience as a mother. And some things that I have been exploring or negotiating within my own self and talking to people about uh, to get support, just exploring different experiences I've had. The first one is that um, one of the midwives named Sarah told me that a mother is a mother the day that the baby is is conceived, like they experience the growing of the child and there's a relationship throughout the 40 weeks. Uh, but a father isn't a father until the day he holds his child, really. And that was true for me. You know, I didn't have the relationship that Kai had. In the, you know, he was growing inside of her. I mean, talk about a really magical, miraculous experience to be the portal. And I remember reading this meme that said, the female species is the only species trusted to be a bridge between worlds, a doorway to worlds. And I was like, oh, wow, it's so true. And when I held him, there was just this strange, like, oh my God, like this is real. And I remember joking with Kai saying that inside of you is so much responsibility potential. <laughs> like there's a thing growing in you that when it is outside of you, it is an incredible bunch of responsibility. There were so many things I felt. I, I was really emotional during the labor process, just like watching what was going on and knowing he was coming. And then when I held him, there was a meeting of this moment I'd been anticipating for 40 weeks. So, it, you know, I, I don't know that I, ex I think I expected to be more emotional when I held him. And so I remember thinking about that, like, why am I not crying now? I was crying when he was on the other side, but now he's in my hand and maybe, you know, he's just exhausted and in shock and all the beautiful things that come. And, and I'm sure for you who are parents, you probably have some some additional insight to your own experience with that. 
But you know, as he's now, uh, the day I'm recording this, he's just over 16 weeks old. And this will have coming out, you know, within days uh, to a week after it's recorded. So he's 16 weeks old and probably about like the first two, three weeks. I mean, I have to say it is bananas that you can have a kid and just be given it and you're responsible for it <laughs> with really no training. Uh, I think that's crazy about humans and that's probably why elders are so important because they pass down the knowledge of how to navigate that space. And I thought, shit, I'm 44. Imagine being a 17-year-old or an 18-year-old. I couldn't imagine all the things that have to be navigated about the life you're trading, all those things that are beautiful but real, the grief, like I'm young, I'm doing this. Because even for me, when I would hold him, I mean, my old life was designed around me, right? Like, and Kylie, but mainly around me and and sometimes Carl too, right? And when I would hold him and he'd be crying and I'd, I'd want him to go to sleep because I had stuff to do or whatever it was, I could feel this tension that was like, I need you to go to sleep because I have things to do. And acknowledging that that thought was happening, like resenting him that I couldn't now just do things when I needed to and wanted to. And there's a strange beauty in that tension because the beauty is the old life as you knew it no longer exists, which is true of all change. Getting a dog can do that. Getting married can do that. Entering a relationship can do that. Leaving a relationship can do that. All change requires this strange tension between old and new. And the new can be exciting and the possibility, but there's also a grief that's allowed, right? Like, I could see myself feeling a sense of guilt for having the feeling that I missed that freedom or that that was nice to have. I, I joke that I must have had so much fucking free time <laughs> before because I couldn't, you know, I'm like, now I have none. And I'm like, damn, I, I had a lot of free time I didn't realize it was free because every moment is really determined around sleeping and support for each other and all that kind of stuff. And I took six weeks off of work completely. So for the first time in, you know, ever, I'd never taken that much time off. I took a month a couple of years ago, but I took six weeks completely off. And to be present, to be with him, to be with Kylie, to support her. And really so much of that first part is about supporting my partner. And, and for anyone's experience, I think it's about the village circling around mother and supporting mother. And I was talking to a friend of mine who's a father too, and we were just saying, remarking how how much is asked of the mother and how what's really, does society, is it structured in a way that actually supports mother? I met a woman not long ago who she was talking about how she had to go home to her kids. She worked at a restaurant and I was like, oh, I've known you for like, you know, I think 10 months. When did you have a baby? She was like, oh, like eight months ago. I was like, what? Because I'd not, there was no break time. I'd see her every once in a while at this restaurant that she worked at. And, you know, she she was like, yeah, I ended up coming back to work after three weeks. And, you know, I'm from Canada. So in Canada, there's a one-year maternity leave. And in my business, when I've had employees take uh, have a baby, I've supported them with a full salary for the whole year because I thought, what is it like to support a mother where they don't have to think about paying bills? Like their only responsibility or, or 
thing to think about is is supporting their child and attuning and attaching to their child and their relationship with their family and their partner. And I was just so shocked by this. I was like three weeks. And I, I forget in the U.S., I think some of it is like six weeks or minimum. I can't remember. But it's small. It's short. And my point in saying that is that we could probably trace back so much of the challenges in our world to not being supportive of mothers because then they're not able to fully attune to children. And this is not minimizing that we are often not supportive of fathers and men and the way we talk about men. So I think one thing that happens in our world is that if you say you support one thing, it means you're not supportive or you're minimizing another thing. This is in no way minimizing any other person's suffering or experience. But to say, gosh, if we really structured business and we structured our work and everything around supporting mothers. Wow. But you know, I, from a productivity, profit-driven perspective, you want someone back because you got to pay someone else to cover their job, their mat leave, and then you pay them too. And so you're really in this place where you want them back as soon as possible because that's more money. But I thought, man, if, if we actually centered our cultural, our business culture, and our culture, culture, societal culture around this idea of it being about creating incredible psychological safety. Because if someone knows they're supported on their maternity leave, and that's all they have to think about, and I get it, small, medium-sized businesses, they might not have the margins to be able to do this. So this, again, you get to be discerning about what applies to you and what's not, and not be reactive. But what I'm saying is I hope that we can get to a place where we create so much psychological safety for mothers, but for people in general. Because workplaces, one of the greatest predictors of corporate culture health is psychological safety, the safety to be oneself. And gosh, isn't that true about all relationships? And it's often so absent in, in corporations. And I'd say that's actually very true about our culture today uh, with cancel culture and how much we've become so tribalistic about our beliefs that if someone doesn't believe what we believe because our identities are so forged with our belief, if we challenge a belief, we are so fragile because our identity is the belief. And so we then weaponize cancel culture to go after the people who threaten our beliefs. But imagine if we lived as if our beliefs are flexible are possibly always being informed, possibly always shifting. We would entertain opposition with much more curiosity. And I've argued about this many times that the, the sign of healthy relationship is actually to be with difference. That's true of all relationships, successful romantic relationships, interpersonal relationships, relationships with family, friends. They're always about how can you navigate conflict and on the other side have a better relationship, a deeper relationship more trust, more intimacy, more all the things. This podcast episode is brought to you in part by Organifi. One of my favorite products from Organifi is their gold chocolate and it comes out seasonally. So it is in season. And what it is is a superfood hot chocolate that is so damn healthy that you can actually drink it every day and, and you probably should. 
It has 10 superfoods that are ideal for rest and relaxation, so it's great to have at night. Great to replace dessert. It's 100% USDA certified organic. It is low sugar. And I think that's one thing about hot chocolate or any, or hot cacao. Like, we don't want to give it to our kids or drink it all the time because it's so packed with sugar. The average one has 200 calories, 6 grams of fat, and 25 grams of sugar. So the gold chocolate from Organifi only has 23 calories, less than 2 grams of fat, and one gram of sugar. I mean, this stuff is so delicious and it's gonna hit the sweet tooth spot. And as many of you know, I'm curbing the sweet tooth spot and it supports a better night rest so you can wake up refreshed. So if this sounds like something you definitely wanna try and you should try, go to Organifi.com slash create the love and you will save 20% off station-wide. So that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash create the love for 20% off. This stuff is absolutely delicious and all of their products I just absolutely love. So if you haven't had the green juice too, that's a great way to get not too sweet of a green juice that you just take and mix with water again. Super easy, much like the chocolate gold. And so I got to witness what it was like to be so supportive in that space, but also the challenges that are going on in our own psyche and the in the the exhaustion and how that strains the relationship. Someone was asking me what has been the most challenging part of the last 16 weeks. And I said, for sure, uh, relating with Kylie like that. And I'm going to have Kylie on to talk about what her experience is. And I've talked to her about this, that the strain on the relationship, that's why, you know, so many people have children to keep their relationship together you know, they, they're not doing well, they get engaged. They're not doing well, they get married. And, you know, they keep having this hedonic, uh, upright, uh, you know, happiness shoots up due to the exhilaration of a moment. But then they come back to their baseline. And instead of dealing with the baseline, they create another new event. And this constant chasing of, you know, what you might call like a dopamine rush, like getting a gift. And so they do that. Engagement, marriage, children, children, children. But ideally, we don't birth children in that container. And granted, there's so much complexity to being a person and, and we're not taught healthy relating. And that's why, of course, you listening, you think about these things. And it's like, how do we get our relationship to the place where it is a container that a child is the natural next step, not let's have a child and then deal with it. It's like, how do we create such a sacred baseline? Because men, we have a lot of tools and the tools work and we're still like tired, reactive, you know, a lot of good repair, a lot of like, wow, we're really in this. We're really deep in this. This is hard. Wow, I miss you. And that's, as a father, that's the other thing that's been really interesting to navigate and share is that there's a primary bond between Kylie and Jasper that I don't get, you know, just the reality of not breastfeeding and, you know, um, all the things. But I get a bond with him and it's a unique and special, different kind of bond. And, you know, having known this prior to giving birth, but one thing I knew is that when you go from being a couple to having a child, not just as your relationship dynamic change, but also because the child is touching mom and needing, right? Like breastfeeding. Um, touch becomes associated with need. And so when there's a desire for intimacy, touch becomes associated with need. Like I need more. And so that is something that we keep in the conversation of how do we be with the truth that 
there might be physical exhaustion and how do we create intimacy from this space? Like exploring how challenging that can be and not making it about each other. I mean, that's the hard part is the wounds that we have just keep getting brought up of like my not enoughness, not being worthy, not being chosen. It's like um, not having the space to be ourselves or whatever might be our wound can get triggered in this extra exhausted space where now a third entity who's so important and really has to be the center point of the relationship. But the relationship still needs to exist separate of the child. And so learning how to do that dance, we're learning, which is really incredible. And that feels really good. And uh, that aspect of just like exploring and holding this space with friends and uh, like other male friends who are fathers, talking to them about it, talking to Kylie about just this like, oh, like there's a part of me that feels, it's not jealous, but is observant of they have that thing. And right now I'm just not as important. And recognizing that that's actually a necessary truth, that that's not, I'm not as important, woe is me, Eeyore kind of shit. But like, oh, that's actually true. And Jasper's so important. And our connection and attunement to Jasper is so important, especially in these developmental early years. So, yeah. And also saying, I want us to still be important. I want us to connect. I want to set aside time for... And, you know, everyone I talk to who's who's a parent is like, ooh, that first early part, you're going to get through it. But damn, that's the part that's, that's the hardest. So... Yeah, I wanted to get on and share some updates about our life, share some updates about my experience as a father. The best part of being a dad is for sure holding him and him falling asleep on me. There's this interesting moment where you can feel his his trust and surrender into the sleep and how it just like nestles on my body and it's like, a, oh, it's the best feeling in the world. Witnessing him come online more and more every week and develop more developmental moments, you know, where he's grabbing things with his hand and you can see his brain just sharpening and trying to grab something and all the neural pathways that are being formed and the smiling. I was, it's like the perfect neural cocktail of uh, love when you look at them and they smile at you. I was like, man, nature developed this so perfectly because there's nothing I want more than to smile with him and laugh with him and laugh at him and him laugh at me and uh, to share those moments with Kylie, with her son. So I wanted to update you. I got uh, lots more magic coming and uh, a lot of episodes with some really phenomenal teachers. And we're going to keep going down all the avenues of the human experience. You know, one thing about birthing Jasper is there is a continued ownership of the birth of me and my work. And that is that I'm going to keep going for it. I'm going to keep exploring every aspect of the human condition and, you know, really philosophizing this human experience and playing with uh, the edges of relationship to food, relationship to body, relationship to fitness, relationship to earth, to animal, to mother, to father, to son, to daughter, all the things, our relationship to gender, such an important topic that people have shied away from. And I really think um, we have to actually actively go towards subjects that people are afraid of confronting so that you and I and everyone else can model what it means to be the conversation that is the bridge between extremes and division and ideologies. 
And so that's not a perfect dance. That's a learned dance because it's challenging. But there is no possible relationship you can have if you're afraid of not being liked. You know, that's the simple truth that if you are afraid of not being liked, which you can be afraid of it, but if it actually controls your behavior, you'll never have the full capacity of the relationships that you actually seek. Because love is not about being liked by everybody. It's about being connected to truth. There are some truths that are facts, right? Like certain things. The earth, we, I was going to say the earth is round. Some people believe it's flat. That's fine. We don't even need to get into that. But certain things, the sky is blue, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying. And when two people or groups of people are actually curious about the pursuit of truth, I think ultimately at the basis of everyone's humanity is the desire for the pursuit of truth. And the only way to do that is to curiously explore one another's wisdom, thoughts, beliefs, and feelings because every one of you has a unique life experience. You have unique things that have shaped how you got here listening to this podcast right now, which how synchronistic and serendipitous is it that the world conspired to have my voice in your ear and your voice in someone else's and so on. And I don't believe in happenstance. I don't believe in accidents. I believe everything is divinely orchestrated on some level for us to step into our fullest possible potential, to look at every human experience. And I think about this with Kylie and Jasper, especially as I'm fatigued, <laughs> is that I am in the ultimate boot camp on finding a place of stasis, of, of not being, as Eckhart Tolle would say, in my pain body, not being in my pain body. Like, not ever trying to never get to a place of reactivity, which this is a pipe dream currently. But I actually am starting to really see that I'm in the fucking gym. I'm in the gym and the gym is constant. It's like, we're going to put you under emotional stress. Who are you? Can you not be your reactivity? Can you not be your emotionality? Can you observe it? And then can you act from a place of constructiveness, from a place of love, from a place of, which is not the absence of boundaries, but can you act from this place of being informed by your reactivity, but not directed by it? And that's healing, man. That's finally giving to the space to the wound that normally through the reactivity, we dispel the energy of the wound. And so by actually allowing the wound to be there, to observe it, and then act in a constructive relational way, is to actually heal the wound, is to actually learn from it, to actually become everything it asks of you. So with love, thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it. What's so helpful, one, subscribing, and two, is leaving a five-star review and a written review. And uh, buckle up. It's only getting started. Much love. <laughs>